0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Levels. This is Chris. We are in the second part of our conversation with Tammy Jackson. Um, I strongly urge you to go back and listen to part one if you haven't done so already. I'll um, we'll just give you some context for the second half of our conversation. Let's jump into it. I'm i do going
1: to like how you, how you um, really... I, and, I, and I don't want to say pioneered um, because you, yeah, I'm, riding on, I'm riding on people's backs. Yeah. You see, it, exactly. It, 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 you, you see, it, like we're all, we're all kind of standing on the shoulders of giants mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, and you're, I guess you've been really able to take advantage of that, uh, especially at a, at a young, uh, young age um, mm-hmm. with your mom. Cause I, I guess you had the privilege of having your parents kind of, um, mold you in that in that manner. When a lot of yeah. times they kind of just like you said before, they do do the opposite and say, "Hey, you yeah. need to tone, tone things down around certain yeah. people. Like you don't need to be like that." And really, just uh, pretty much just saying, like, don't be yourself around around you know certain certain races, certain people. And hey, um,
2: we struggle with that. My, my parents sometimes they struggle, like we struggle with that, right? Like there was this like weird, like sometimes like because of like. You want to protect your kids, right? right so, like... Right, right, it, right. Like, hey like, this is going to protect you, you know? But my mom's, like... I saw her going to the elementary school when I was little and stand up for kids who didn't have a parents able to come kick it with them when they were being targeted by... Right. Protection. That was my mom. My mom was coming in there. Hey, I see you, you You targeting Douglas. What is Doug Like, she would go in there and ride for kids that wasn't even her kids. My mom had a YouTube Oh. Yeah. My mom had a youth program in Detroit before I was born. Right. So like there's that strength, but also my parents struggled. Like they also like, Hey, tone that shit down. It's too much. Right. Like it's, it it was like this much, but not this much. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh, this much. Mm. (laughs) And I think that's hard because like, if I'm looking at it, we had, I mean, by the time I got to my like early, mid twenties, me and my, my mother and I was having contention. Like we, but it has constantly right why is that? um i was stepping into my whole self so i was yeah. breaking i was breaking out of like it was cool as long as i it's cool to challenge the system as long as you not challenge me because i'm your parent mm. right and uh. man like it's cool to challenge the system as long as you stay within the the, the realm that i have set for you right
1: but you're like, like I, I'm trying to break all the chains, not just to some break of them.
2: All the chains, so like, mm. <laughs> but we also gonna talk about how we treat the LGBTQ community in our in our community. We're gonna talk mm. about that. But we're not gonna talk about because of God? yeah, no, nah, we are gonna. My mm, mm. mm. nah, uh, uh-uh. like I know, I know, like I love you, and like you know everything's great and everything, but like maybe. You need to lose X, Y, Z of wide awake so you can be more, you know, so you can look a certain way and be, you know, I'm, mm, mm, we're challenging that. Right. Mm. We're going to we're going to talk about these things in our history, in our past that we all like black folks are notoriously uh, good for hiding for generations and generations and then just dying and then we just lose our history. Now we're going to talk about that. Mm.
1: Talk about that. So how do you feel? And, and I feel like I know, know the answer to this question, but I, I kind of just want, want to hear from, from you. And not assume, but how do you feel about the whole term and um people talk about code switching?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I guess, what, what, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Code switching has been a tool for use for survival, right? Code switching mm-hmm. is something that we were taught, and like I said, I'm right on the backs of giants. So, like, to just say that if this is a hundred years ago and I'm sitting here talking to W.E. Boys and Ida B. Wells, like. You might have a different conversation, and, and I gotta give a shout out to B. Well, she was a like She was she wasn't with the shits even a hundred years ago. That's the type <laughs> of legacy I'm trying to work off of. But we would talk about cold switching as a way to survive, right? We're talking about um, a different type of public lynching, right? hundred years mm. ago, you know, fifty years ago, we were talked we were taught that um, if we mm. just perform like this way, we show up this way um it'll save us and then we see people getting lynched in their sunday best right mm. like they shot king and they shot malcolm x mm. like, like it didn't even matter. like they <laughs> so
1: that's truth
2: that gave me the chills <laughs> just now that gave me the
1: chills just like
2: I, I, I like i know
1: i knew that like just but it's just hearing it you say that man it's it gave me the chills that's crazy so
2: call switching was something i did a lot in my early career because that's what i was taught i straighten my hair. I never put color into my hair's purple right now, but like I would have never did that. Like um I talked high and I never sounded urban and my voice was up and bubbly and I never talked about race at work and I made sure everybody was comfortable with me even though I was experiencing like heavy amounts of discrimination. Um all those things, I mean there was like little bits things where I was constantly being maligned for something and it was always around my blackness, but everybody wanted to gaslight me and say it was something else. Mm-hmm. Right? So like Co-switching is a skill. Black people have mastered it. I love how we're able to do it, but I'm saying that some things are trauma responses. And we don't always have to do the same things we did because of the trauma we experienced. And of what and for me, I am actively pushing against my innate like programming, right? To not code switch so That's that's yeah. intentional. That's by design. Mm-hmm. I'm making the choice. Like, so if I'm in the chat and I'm asking you for something and my friend says, Oh, Tammy, can you send me the file for so-and-so and so and so I was like, and I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Here you go. Boom. And I, or she was like, Oh my God, thank you. She's like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send X file to you. And i have it to you by two o'clock. I'm like, all right, bet. And I'll like literally type that and send it. Yeah. That's how I talk. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That was told to me that that's not a professional. So mm-hmm. I'm like in front of, 400 people, I had a, a real hard kiki with the president of the company. And I think once something I said, I was like, hey, you took that on the chin. Good job. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I am not going to change my voice because here's the thing. Here's a gag about code switching. And just in general, and code switching looks like in a myriad of ways. And this is for me, this is how I kind of came to terms with my decision not to do it anymore. My mom and dad are working class. They grew up poor. So the fact that we got to work in class is a, a feat. Right. Mm. And I had a two parent household up until I was 14. So like, come on, like that right there is some type of stability and privileges that my cousins did not, my peers and other cousins did not have. Let's talk about that. Mm. But even in that, and even in that mix, they were struggling with their stuff. Right. So like there's this intersection and they weren't, That my parents can't give me like my, when I got to college, I was talking to the homies and stuff and white folks, and not just white folks, but white folks and non-black people of color. Oh, my mom and dad gave me 20 grand to put on my first down payment on the house. Oh, they paid for my wedding. Oh, you know what? They helped me with this and this and this. My parents can't do that. My parents couldn't get the gas money to drive up from fucking Detroit to Ann Arbor.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you get in out the mud like that, it's a different type of thing. And so what my parents did give me is they gave me love of self. Mm-hmm. They gave me appreciation of blackness. They gave me their music and their food and their cultural traditions. And I'd be goddamned if you have me take you have taken everything, white supremacy has taken everything from me, and you take my soul. Yeah. No, that is my legacy, and I get to keep it. So no, you're gonna get this black scent when I talk in public. Mm. So
1: black scent, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I've never heard it before, but I like that.
0: My so based on that uh, or surrounding that, that topic, like that's something that I've struggled with. I've struggled with that just before Mm -hmm. I started my business (laughs) and doing my own thing is just like, this is what you did. This is how you, you, you acted in accordance within this space. Right. But you go to this space and you're just a little bit relaxed or whatever. Like I'm even kind of doing it now, like talking on the podcast, just to call Mm -hmm. it out. Um, It's just, part of me right it's it's something Mm -hmm. I've gotten used to and then I've been challenging myself uh to be more more authentic and just be my authentic self like how does like how have you navigated that within um the corporate space and this is you know we're, we're talking about that within the corporate space because everybody who listens to our show you know we talk about you know business and different things but we we're also talking about the subject just so people, everyone can just like level up in some ways. Um, But, you know, how, how do you navigate that? I mean, you know, I'm used to, you know, going into the interview and I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm sitting up, not slouching, talking a certain (laughs) way. Um, And then, you know, people don't really get to know the real me until like years, (laughs) Mm -hmm. years down the line. Like, tell us, tell us how you navigated that.
2: I think Chris like the gag is like I was doing all that right so the the come you know the, to use our uh our people's terms the come to Jesus moment was like I was doing all that and I was still getting hit with the flex
3: mm.
2: right like I was sitting up straight I was talking like quote-unquote super proper here's the gag like I started asking myself and getting really curious like who taught me that where did mm. I learn
0: it?
2: who made that rule
0: who made that right challenge mm-hmm. you, like,
2: where, why did I learn that who's who benefits from me doing this and why mm. and mm. so like i started thinking about it from that perspective right and like physically it was becoming like a detriment like physically i could feel myself like getting sick mm. and like my body responding to um trying to push this down and push this down and push this down and um it's the neuroses to be expected to be three, like a different person all day.
3: Yeah.
2: That's detrimental to your mental health. We don't do that
0: here. (laughs) 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 I was waiting for that one. I've been waiting to drop it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like, yes, like we don't do that here because like Um, at the end of the day, you realize like, Oh, I'm like, I was getting ulcers and back aches and like my hair was falling out and I was getting migraines and I couldn't eat. And it's just like, what am I doing this for? Am I going to die? Like, Mm -hmm. I felt that way. I was 24. Like, I was like, literally feeling like, I don't know if I got, I don't know if I can do this for 30, 40 more years. Yeah. Seriously. So I made a decision about my own mental health and like. We don't talk about that in our community straight up, but, like, Mm-mm. that is, like, that produces, like, listen, we have all this, and this is why the Nikki Giovanni and um, James Baldwin talk is so important to listen to. Y'all should check that out on, on YouTube, but, like, we go home, and we go to these jobs, rather, and we we give our, quote, best theatrical performance of assumed whiteness to everyone, <laughs> right? Mm. And then we come home, and we're we're we're, we're we're fed up. We're tired. We're beat down. And we take that out of our families. Mm, right? We take that out on our that friends. Part,
0: that part.
2: Mm. <laughs> you, get, you give your best to, you know, you give your best to this corporate world who don't, who don't care about you in this way. Right? And then you come home, and I am I know this because I experienced it firsthand, and you take it out on your family.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? And then they got to deal. And now I got shit I got to deal with in the therapy for the rest of my damn life.
0: Mm, so mm, like, mm.
2: If you really want to talk about legacies and changing the narrative, like, cool, like, great, we're entrepreneurs. We're like, black people have figured, I've like, been on that money making tip since we got here,
3: right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not something we're bad at, right? right? We figured out how to have, and the historian of me loves the fact that I can look back and look at all these black businesses and things like that's dope. Like I'm proud to be
0: I always tell Rue that Detroit invented hustling. He don't like that. Hey, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Straight
0: up>. nah. <laughs> nah.
2: <laughs> but even though know, like let's even challenge that of the nature of hustling. Like we're gonna we gonna we're gonna just hustle till we die, we're gonna mm. sleep when one eye open, we're gonna like sleep when we die. Like we're literally perpetuating the narrative that all oh, we're good for. Is labor.
0: Damn, I never even (laughs) thought about Mm -hmm. it
2: that way. Like, damn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) New level right there.
2: Man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, because we've only told that all we're good for is if we produce. Come on, dog. Like, that's literally like the body remembers, Mm. right? Ancestral memory, right? Like, that is post traumatic slave disorder. Right? But mm. so like you have to like start making intentionalities about what you're going to do. So when you talk about cold switching, we talk about what decisions I make. Like I'm taking this out on my best friends. I'm taking it out on my family. I'm taking like I'm mad at the whole world because I don't I haven't had the bravery enough to just be myself. Yeah. Come on. My life is already hard. Adding to like having to do what W.E.D. Like W.E.D. voice said about double consciousness. Right? Like the the it's always like the perpetual state of being in two worlds mm. as a Negro. But like wow. for me, I needed to take something off of my right. back, and I need to take that kit off, right? Like just like when you're when you're in a ruck march in the military, like I was way, I was literally wearing something that was 80 pounds every day, mm. and of course if you wear that every day, and you're marching for 10 miles, your body mm. will wear down.
3: Wow. And
2: so I figured for me. The best way to answer Chris's question, show up to the interview. as your whole self. Just mm-hmm. gonna do, I'm going to do everything. The biggest flex for me professionally is I show up as my true authentic self out the gate. First mm-hmm. screen. And that decision was made deliberately back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Because on Jan- in January 2017, I was let go from a job, mm-hmm. right? And I wasn't there that long. I wasn't there that long at all and ain't nothing that keeps you in your soul like wait i'm doing all this stuff and i'm still getting fired i'm doing all this stuff like and then before that i was i was laid off like i'm doing all this stuff and it's still happening well what do Mm -hmm. i got to lose if i'm gonna Mm -hmm. show up myself i get to keep my soul right so like i was reading um the way that sums this up the best and this is kind of like it hit me in my chest when she said it and it was uh nicole hannah jones and she is the writer and producer of the 1619 Project by the New York Times. Go check it out if you haven't had had a chance to. Mm. But she says this on the Death, Sex and Money podcast back in May of 2019. She says this. She says, you have to understand that when you make the conscious decision not to conform, you keep your dignity. But it might take you longer to get where you want to be. And you might not get there at all. But is it worth it to make it if you don't arrive there intact? Mm. And I would say that it is not. Mm. Right, you just like
1: out. get a piece of you or all of you. It's like like well, you choose what do you want. Right, mm.
2: and listen, this is gonna this is gonna be real upsetting to some people. That means you might not get the six figgy job, right? Like you might not rise as fast as you want up the ladder. You might be in a position where you don't get paid the best that you want to, mm. but like. What is a what did my brother say is from the Bible? What is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs>
2: like, I'm if I'm getting there and I'm getting there, I'm gonna get there as Tammy,
0: yeah,
2: or I'm not getting there because it wasn't for me, right? So, I show up to my first interview. First interview, like, usually I do screen calls, and my when I one of uh, uh more recently when I had a call. I got on a 30 minute call and I talked just like I'm talking to y'all like, Hey, how you doing? Like, I didn't change my voice. And here's the thing. I want to really disassociate the thought that like people who sound black, people who have black sense, urban slash working class, whatever fuck you want to call it, black people. I'm not talking about people who have that experience that they don't sound black or whatever. That's another conversation, but I'm talking about people like me, Mm. right? Like, there are some, there's a lot of the social advantages from distancing yourself from black people. So let's come, let's say that like right now. And mm-hmm. the first step we're taught is to change your voice, right? Yeah. So on a screen call, you are hearing this cadence, you are hearing this tenure, this baritone, these diphthongs. You're going to get all this. <laughs> and, but I don't want, I want to disassociate the thought that this is by na- like by definition, is unprofessional because I sound like this. I got the receipts.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Like you got the resume. Why is it that we associate, like asking ourselves, why do we associate this with professionalism? Who taught you what was professional? What does Mm -hmm. that mean, right? I'm a professional because I'm a professional. Mm. It's professional because I'm a professional, Mm. right? And so this is easier said than others because I'm not gonna sit here and lie to the folks and say like, I haven't made uh, concessions. I have, I'm saying I made the concessions
1: it was miserable mm-hmm. yeah man that hits deep that hits, it hits me like that hits me deep right there because um me personally and I, I, I think I told Chris about that I told, told a few people about this but I guess coming from New Orleans over here I knew personally I've always wanted to be in business Um I didn't know what type of business what it was but uh, I don't know anybody who's listening know, know anyone who's from New Orleans but People, like we us from New Orleans, we have thick, thick accent. Y'all
2: have the most beautiful <laughs> black sense in the country. Everybody. <laughs> mm.
1: and, and, and and that was that was something that I I struggled with myself because of the fact that I, I was um, conflicted by the fact that this accent is going to take me away from business. So I, I worked my tail off to to get rid of the accent, mm. and now now I've been regretting it the past. I mean, the past like year or two, I'm just like, man, I wish I had that. Cause that's like, that was, that was part of me. Mm. And that was, and I worked, like I said, I worked I worked hard just to get rid of something that was part of me. So it was kind of a, it was like you said earlier, taking, taking away a part of ripping out a part of yourself, a part of your soul to, um, in a sense, conform to um, something that you're not.
3: Mm.
1: So that's like, I mean, that, that, like, I guess you saying that, that hits freaking, that hits deep, like real deep. Cause that like, I, I went through that, went through that personally. I went there myself, and that was just like a struggle um, That's just like the internal mental struggle.
0: Mm-hmm. Damn.:
2: I think that's the hardest thing, right? Mm. Because I've done it subconsciously, like sometimes I just go back into that mode of shrinking myself. Mm. right? But like, here's a guy, like, you gonna shrink a six- foot two and a half woman? Fuck out of here. We're we here. don't
3: do that here.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. a. I'm not a little. I'm not little and no sense of the word. And so I sometimes I feel like, and this is kind of like on a spiritual tip. Like I was built this way because for a reason. Like there's utility
3: mm. and
2: yeah. why I've been, and I struggled that. So going back to the high school question, like, who wants to be a six foot two? 350 plus pound 24 size dress size woman. That is all over the place. That don't feel good. That the world is not making spaces for you. Mm. Right. And you are told at every intersection that you are something to fix. Something about you needs correction. Mm. Right? Like just physically. We just talking about physically. Right? So like now in my age now, I'm thinking like, man, like it's funny how <laughs> God, the universe has made it impossible for me. To shrink myself.
3: Hmm. Right. Mm.
2: Stepping into that, that purpose, man. So like you're talking about DNI and how I get there, it keeps popping back up. Yeah. Just so it keeps popping back up, popping back up, and popping back up. And so everybody's not gonna have the privileges I have. And absolutely, like I am made more palatable, even with the blacks and even with all this stuff, by because of my light skin, I am made more palatable to white people, so unsub- subconsciously. Like right. That, Privilege. And so I gotta get in the paint. I gotta acknowledge that. And when I'm able to make opportunities, you make opportunities, and, you, and I'm gonna backdoor to dark-skinned women who mm. behind me, mm. right? I With intention every damn time. Yeah. But if you're not, if you're not taking inventory of your privileges, you're not able to do that with intention. And you can subcon <laughs> like and just like white supremacy and all these other things, we subconsciously, we unconsciously rather hurt people when we're not paying attention mm. not the thing that you did do is what you didn't do right, right. so that's kind of like how i look
0: at it yeah you know? so what would you say for so rue and i are we're, we're business owners and yeah we're we're not in corporate america but we work in corporate america like we if that makes any sense so mm-hmm. this is kind of like two-part for folks who are still Working within, they work for someone, and they have to kind of play within that that th- those boundaries of you know this is the mode that you have to fit in, um, as well as you know for a bus- black business owners like uh, like Rue and I, like how do you you know say I'm like okay I'm here like I'm gonna show up as me, I'm gonna show up to the function you know this the little meet and greet at Top Golf I got my Yeezy Zone like as me yeah <laughs> like hmm. what are some of those like you know those steps to to getting there and, and also being comfortable because i've had those moments like i remember even talking about that on this episode where i went to like a little uh oh, yeah. To, to like a client's function and i'm like should i wear the Yeezys da 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 i didn't even wear the Yeezys i didn't do it <laughs> i didn't do it i'm it <laughs> you know
2: why didn't you do it
0: Um, honestly, because I felt like I'm like, what are they going to think about me? Are they going to think I'm just like, you know, this. You don't want to be out of place. It wasn't necessarily me being out of place. It was just more or less like, is, is this this going to be accepted? Yeah. Is this my brand that I have shown them, you know, on this professional level? Because when I'm outside of work, Mm. like, I don't really care if you see me outside of work, um, and I happen to bump into somebody, it's just like they are just going to see the true me. But if I'm going to like an actual function, I'm going to kind of act in accordance to that. And like I, I I regret that. And then we've talked about that. Um, but now let's just say I'm at that point where I'm like, all right, I got my Yeezys on. Like, what's next? What do we do? <laughs> or, or, or it's that, you know, that young woman who's just like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm showing up to the, the, the interview with my my pink hair. Like like there's gotta be because I feel like once you you're you're basically saying like, hey, you're about to see who I am on the front end. So opt in or opt out. What if they opt in? Like
2: Yeah, like you know, you, you kinda stole the words because like I just let people cancel me at the front end. Yeah. Like that's that's by design. So all my branding, you know, I call myself the purple, you know, purple trust social designer. Where's my R was purple? The other day it was green. It might be in this, you know, the other day it was uh, it was brown. Like it just depends on what my outfit looking like. Like I it up. <laughs> like, seriously. Like whatever mood I'm in, you know. And so I'm a creative and I'm a nerd and some, you know, I'm mystical, I'm magical, and so sometimes it shit changes. Mm-hmm. But um, I walk into corporate world and you know, I saw the white folks with the tattoo sleeves and I saw the white folks with the pixie cuts and the, and the lilac hair and, you know, especially in places <laughs> like Austin. Wait, like
0: you, Austin. you actually bring up an interesting point too, because like mm, I'm I was just thinking I was, about like how, like we're stressing the fuck out over like trying to be presentable. But then you go into corporate America no one else is and no one else is like they're showing up to the function with like sandals on Mm. (laughs) Mm.
3: Mm.
0: i didn't even think about that (laughs) Oh, i I,
1: I was about to say like right right after she got done with it too but yeah no you took it like for real like
2: here's the gag so like i just i try i turn the dial up even more so like on the front end of the interview as Mm. much as I possibly can so I would probably wear something like this to an interview right Mm -hmm. so people can't see me I have like these big like big big black frames and my hair is like a lilac purple I have a purple matching my lipstick matches I have a black uh blouse on but it has like these pink flowers and then I have a skirt on that matches my hair and I would probably show up like that I might put on like a jacket because it's cool out and I'll put on some light cute little black shoes right but I would show up like this because I need to do the litmus test. Mm. Like <laughs> you already if I'm showing up, you already talked to me, right? So we already got the blacks out the way. You didn't see me but you heard me. And I want you to challenge any biases that you have. Like you, I want you I want to challenge you. Like what is mm. it? But I am want to nail that interview because I'm not here for the bullshit. Like my mm. I've earned this right the right. The right. Mm. I've earned this mm. and I cannot wait for white people to tell me that I am worthy of showing up as myself. I can't cuz they're not going to do it. Mm. So I show up that way, and then we go that we go from there. And if that was the thing, like her hair, this black girl's hair was purple, and I'm seeing a bl- a white girl in the corner with blue hair,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm seeing a white dude with tattoos all up and down his arm, and I'm seeing another white boy who you know ain't who ain't you know iron his clothes. Mm. But you worry about my purple hair, but my shit's mm. Invisible mm. And you should not be there.
1: That makes sense, so, so, um, in regards to that, because you you were saying, like you know, check the um like just like just like check your resume, like I mean, check the receipts, like do you feel like it is easier to do it based on your past performance like like I guess or your 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 work ethic or or I guess um does that make sense
2: I, I, I hear you real, but I don't know. Yeah because I feel like we always gotta get like at, like and this is like proven like black women are proven to have the highest level of education and the highest level of student loan debt of unpaid student loan debt.
3: Mm.
2: come on dog, the highest level so you have so the 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 the, the matrix would have you think this the the script would have you think that get the education get paid mm. a certain amount pay off the debt that's what they that would right. say. Right. But what's happening is black women are also paid the least alongside indigenous women, right? Mm. So if you're paid the least with have the most education, there is a problem with the system. Yeah. Mm. Right? So like it for me, I feel like it helps, but there's instances in my work where like you can see I clearly have a qualification and don't know if I even like like it doesn't make a difference, right? And so yes. Do I think black people have to work twice as hard to have as much? Unfortunately, that has been the case. Yes. Do I think they have to do other things to get seen? I have seen that happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I do I think it's going to make a difference at the end, just your credentials, not just your credentials. No.
0: Mm-hmm. No. So
2: it's so going to that, like into the corporate space. I'm sorry, I cut you off.
0: No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. So going to the
2: corporate space, like, all right, so we arrived. She there. They was like, purple hair, good. Black scent, good. Here's your (laughs) day.
0: Make some friends. So you got the job. You got
2: the job, right? From the moment I get in there, I have to make an assessment about myself. And this is hard to do because it talks about what you need, Mm. right? You have to figure out as a black person or a marginalized person of any identity, What do you need to be successful in this role? And I am not talking about trainings and job opportunities. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. working with so-and-so in the tech department. What do you need to, like, have your soul be taken care of in this work, in this Mm
0: -hmm. role? Give us some examples. Okay,
2: okay, I need to be left alone about how I appear. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't
2: want to have a conversation about my parents, ever.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Because I told you this was what the bag was when we started. Yeah. I need you to not micromanage me. Mm. If you trust me to do my job, because I am grown, I don't need you to check in lightly every single. How's the project going? How's the project <laughs> going? How's the project <laughs> going? Um, where where does it stand? Where does it stand? You told me this was due on Friday. It is Tuesday. It is not mm. done. Yeah, that's,
0: a shit like. that's <laughs> that shit I don't like. <laughs>
2: right. Right. So that's so if I have a list, if I, I literally sat down and wrote it in a journal, like I wrote it down, what are some of the things? That, and the best, and the other question might be to help you answer this question is what are things that, what are things that happened to you in your workplace that drove you crazy? it mm-hmm. down. So for me, knowing that I was able to articulate to my future manager, how are you like, and to ask them certain questions like, Hey, I don't like to be micromanaged. What's your management style? Mm. And I usually ask them what their management style is before I tell them I don't like being
3: micromanaged. Mm. i right?
2: let them tell me about themselves first because they're going to tell themselves something, yeah. right? And if it's just like, hey, like, do you, like, what type of, how do you communicate with your team? What are your expectations about your team's communication style with you? Mm. Right? Now we're in COVID. Now we're living in COVID. So now it's like, all right, bet. So do I need to be on the camera? Do you expect me to be on camera every single time we get on a call? Because... I'm probably not going to have that energy,
3: yeah. right?
2: You have to figure out what that looks like. That's going to look like something different for every single body. But so mm-hmm. I, I, I advise, and, and, and by the way, when I say these things, I acknowledge that I'm sitting in a position of privilege. I acknowledge that of all the things that are, are concerned, and I'm, and I'm also saying that you might not be able to do all of these things. You might be able to do one of these things, but it will lighten your load. One of these things can help you lighten your load, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you had to figure out how that looks like for you, right? So I'm just saying how it looks like for Tammy, you flip it, how it looks like for y'all, for Chris and Rue, right? Yeah. So I had that. I figured that out, and I communicated, and I teach my manager how to manage me. That is called managing up in corporate, mm. right? You teach people how to treat you out the gate. So for me, I told, like, and he asked, one of my bosses asked, and I really appreciate it, how do you win with Tammy? Mm. And I asked them, how do I win with Sam,
3: mm. right?
2: How do I win? I like and they'll tell you how you win. That's, right? that's
1: awesome.
2: Yeah. How do I win? And you ask me and we said, how do I win with you? You win by leaving me alone and trusting me to do my job. You win by providing me and speaking great things into my name when I'm not in the room. Right. Mm. You win by teaching me the, the, layout of the plan, Right. Mm. And being something that somebody said disparagingly about me that has something to do with my parents or my culture. I don't Mm. even Mm. Right. And you win by providing the air cover because if this person is your manager, they're going to have to provide you some air cover. And that's, that's goes into the next part of it. I feel like one thing that we were talking to black people and I'm just saying this from my own personal experience, we're taught to get in, get out, get your check on the 1st and 15th, be gone. Yeah. Right. And if that's where you're at in your career right now, the following thing i say to you won't make a damn difference. The Mm. second thing I'll say to you, the following thing I'm going to say, you should, I'm going to say this right now. You shouldn't have to do this. It's wrong that you have to, that this helps. And I hate that it helps, but it does. Mm. Right. So I'm saying that this is a system I'm working in. I'm trying very hard to navigate how to have a little bit of both. Right. Where do I want to go and where I'm at now? Yeah, Because I need this piece so I can go home and be a better partner to my partner. So I can go home and be a better person to myself, Mm. right? So I can be better to my family, so I can be better to my friends, so I can be a better community person, so I can put into my community, right? I can't do that if I'm depleted. So the next thing you do is you start making what I call your A and your B teams, Mm -hmm. right? And your B team comes first, even though it does not come first in the alphabet. And your B team stands for belonging. Your belonging team is people who are going to be quote unquote in the trenches with you. We're going back to that Vietnam reference, right? Going back to that military reference. These are people who are on the same level as you, but they might be in different departments, they might be in different places. And you figure out what that looks like, right? And unfortunately, I will say there was an article about this written in media. I think there's some truth to that. Black introverts, people who are introverted and who are black, they get penalized. Yeah. And this is true. Oh, Chris wasn't talking that much. She's not a team player. Rudolph <laughs> never really comes to any of the functions. I don't know if he's a team player. And here's the gag: black extroverts, same thing. Tammy's not professional enough because she's, you know, she's direct. You know, I really, you know, you know, sometimes she kind of uh, is excited, and we don't know if that's going to be really great with the clients. If you're black, introvert, extrovert, you already getting like, dinged.
0: Which one is it? Shit. Which one is it? Dog
2: <laughs> Pick a struggle. So, for me, when I start doing that, like I am strategic about my interaction with my coworkers so, I have a solid rule: one thing I'm telling y'all right now: do not add any coworkers to your social medias unless it's LinkedIn, and if it's LinkedIn, be strategic about that.
0: I made that mistake <laughs> yeah, a long time ago.
2: Done. Have your canned response because people are going to ask you, what's your social, what's your LinkedIn? What's your, I'm sorry, what's your uh Instagram handle? I was like, Oh, I don't add coworkers, but it's so like I saw you. And if I see them add me, I block them.
3: Mm.
2: Mm. Right? And I say that. I was like, I don't mix uh my social media with my co my coworkers. workers Sorry. And just like it's real quick, like black people, because of our trauma responses, we feel the need to explain things, and I'm guilty of this. But you have to start exercising that muscle. Of like, oh, I just have your camera response. Like, I don't, I don't, um, I don't mix my coworkers with social media. But thanks for the, thanks for the ad. Thanks mm. for thinking about me. Boom, we're done. Moving on. All right, and that's another thing. So when you do that, when you're building your B team, you are like, look, here's the little known fact: Tammy doesn't drink alcohol. But I bet you I be at some of these uh, happy hours. <laughs> right? I ain't gotta go in there that long sometimes I'm like, all right, let me go in here to the little function in 45 minutes. Let me go show my face. Let me go talk to Dennis and, and meet his wife and, and shake her hand and let me go say hi <laughs> to Jane. How are you doing? And here's the gag. Like, even as somebody who's proud of her Black identity and who is very passionate about this Jedi work, like, I like people, right? I just need boundaries and I need to yeah. figure out what those are. And that's you will figure out what those are for you, right? So, like, I actually like people. So because of my memory, like I remember little things about people and I interact with them based on that. So like, oh, shoot, Dennis, didn't you say your son's birthday was in December or like ain't it's coming up? What y'all got planned for it? Or like, mm. hey, um, Sarah, didn't you say your family's living in uh in the United Kingdom right now? How's everything going with COVID? Are y'all doing all right? Like that's not petty or that's not like insidious. I do that because I actually do care about people. Mm. Right. I, I do. That's. And that's where the extrovertism does come help me lend to its favor. But that might look a little different to you. You might just be passing on in the hallway and be like, hey, thank you so much for um, mentioning that software that would help us with this project. What was the name of it again? Mm. Right. And there's little, so that's how you start building your B team, right? You get a, your B team is usually like you hear about your work husband, your work wife, or your work bestie. That's usually somebody's gonna be on your B team, right? Just somebody like you're really excited to see, like, you have that person. Then you're going to have people who um, you've worked. So the another part of the B team is somebody who works in a different department but has a good rapport with you. You might work at an event together or they might be in finance. You might have a project you've worked on, right? That's important. And then you're going to have people People who you share uh, like-minded things or like interests, so you might have somebody like they might be hunters or they might be uh, geeks or nerd. for me it's geek or nerd. So I talk to them about those things, and then they're going to have people. This is the this is the real this is the this is the real good one is folks who have identified themselves in some way as being interested in this DEI work. They might not be on a mm. committee or something. Um, depending on the structure of your, of your corporation but they have said something they may have done something and that's why strategic ads of LinkedIn is important strategic 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 mm. um, and that might take you a year but if you think about that from the gate it's going to help you along the way right because you're going to have more people invested in who you are as a teammate
3: mm. Fuck no, purple, that's yeah.
2: good that's good alright so that's the B team so now we gotta talk about the A team, right? And that, that's obviously the moniker from the old TV show from the seventies, right? The A team is A for air cover, right? And that is one thing that I asked an old boss, what can, I, what, what can I do with Tammy? How do I learn with Tammy? I need air cover. And usually there's gonna be p- people who are sitting in positions of power. They're gonna be four types of individuals. They're gonna be inside your company and inside your, so they're internal in your company an external in your industry. Mm. So you're gonna have an external and internal mentor, an external and internal sponsor. Minda Hartz writes this in her book, The Memo, and it's been said over and over and over again. So there's some, something I'm gonna to read to y'all that was just posted in a Harvard Business Review that I think really sums this up quite nicely. And I think the thing about it that kind of surprised me is it it helps. Um, so what that means, what that looks like is your sponsors, have power to make changes. They're sitting high, 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 right? Sponsor has institutional power. Mm. A mentor is going to learn you the game.
3: Mm.
2: They're going to advise. They're going to uh, tell you how to do things. But a sponsor has institutional power. So in the Harvard Business Review, they just write, um, they said it here. It says, Sponsors not only give feedback and advice, they also use their influence with other senior executives to advocate for your promotion and to ensure that you're visible to key decision makers. Mentors share their knowledge, perspective and experience, whereas sponsors wield their power on behalf of their proteges. This crucial difference makes sponsorships a valuable tool for actively promoting employees from underrepresented groups in senior positions. Stretch assignments and mission critical roles, so you've got to get busy with finding a sponsor and finding. That yeah, makes a-
1: sense. So, I, I guess, how would you say, um, or how would you advise someone to to go about doing um, finding like the A team and B team? I guess more so, more so the A team and finding those sponsors and mentors.
2: Um, I know I'm very clear about my professional goals. And what i want to achieve while i'm at the organization and i had that conversation with my manager
3: mm. and i
2: teach them how to to manage me because i'm not going to come on board if we the me and the manager don't vibe like one of the number one reasons why people quit because they have terrible managers right. it ain't the it ain't the senior vice president ceo corporation dude it's the person that's right above you to making your life miserable right right so be really intentional about the conversation you have so in those interviews excuse me in those interviews I talk about race. I don't wait until after they hire me. I talk about race in the interview. Have mm. you ever managed a black person? Have you ever managed a black woman? What was that experience like for you? What did you learn? Right?
1: I like Somebody's, how you oh. flip the interview around on the <laughs> oh, yeah. on the interviewer and just like, hey, I'm controlling these, this, this this thing right now. I don't think you understand but I'm controlling this interview right now. And I, I freaking like that. That's good.
2: Yeah. Flip it around you. And then you, you give, it's a, it's a back and forth. It's a, it's a volley, mm-hmm, if you will. Mm-hmm. What did you learn? And you, I, and I like you said, you can ask all the DNI questions. And I usually do because that's the, the type of type of world I work. I'm I'm going to ask, what are you doing? What are your numbers? Blah, blah, blah. Like how did you respond to black lives? How are you responding in six months later? But what I really want to know is what is your, your personal experience by managing a marginalized person, mm-hmm. particularly a black one. And what are you willing to learn? And how, if you haven't, what are some steps, how do you think, what are some steps you're taking to do the the best management you can, right? Are you willing to be coached by your subordinate employee about how they want to be managed?
3: Mm -hmm.
1: That makes sense.
2: Man. (laughs) So so if I'm already having that conversation in the interview phases, I'm not waiting until day 94 to bust out, hey, how you know we going not we gonna get that from the front because now you build this rapport. This we're building trust. We're fi- you're figuring out what likes. If one thing to my manager like, hey, the thing I like it like. So one manager, their thing was, I don't like to be taken off guard.
3: Hmm. Cool.
2: So every everything that happens to me that might come trickle back down to them about me, I get in the inbox before they can somebody can even tell them. Yeah.
1: So that's also a good thing because if because since you came into the interview, your true self. He's not taking off guard on the back end like you were saying like all of a sudden like hey this is the real team right here yeah. Never uh, take that's him. good and
2: that better that's prepares good. him right. or her or them to be a better mentor yeah. right because they have they have buy-in on the front and then you can mm. hold each other accountable yeah. and I'm looking here this is not, this is not a, a science this is not mm. accurate this is, sometimes it's gonna fail it's failed for me before but the times it has, it has not has been the best management I've had mm.
0: that makes sense.
2: Right,
0: So we're, we're coming up on time, Tammy. I have a, but I have, I have one kind of like ending question. I don't know if you have anything, but, um, you know, for, let's just say the person who is, they're tracking they're they're hearing everything we've been talking about and they're, they're like that I need to like, I, I need to be there. I'm there. Um, you know, what kind of, or they
3: need
1: to get to the next level.
0: Yeah, well, next level, but I'm just saying in terms of like, you know, we're, we're talking about authentic authenticity, you know, like...
1: Right, right. That's what I'm referring to, like into their own next level of like being themselves. What? Taking off these um, chains.
0: It, and exactly. And what would you tell them? Like, what would you tell that person, that man or that woman, whomever who's, who's just like, I'm here, I want to get to this next level? Like what kind of words of encouragement would you maybe leave them with? Because I'm gonna be honest, like for me, it's hard sometimes. It's a struggle. It's not always easy. And I don't know if that's like that for you or not, but um, you know, you have that little that 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 voice in the back of your your head. I was reading the master thyself and uh the four agreements and it talks about being, you know, you have like this this parasite or you have an ally and it's like that parasite it's just like oh don't be too authentic like you gave them 80 percent, mm. but like you got to say the rest of the 20 like you know what kind of maybe encouragement would you leave leave somebody with
2: uh, that's a great question so i posted something today on socials and it's by dr mina b And she says, we can't hide ourselves and expect to be seen. Mm -hmm. And when Dr. Mina said that, that that really, really resonated with me. But I'm going to also be honest because I'm not here to blow smoke up nobody's ass. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to do this and it's going to be lonely. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to do this and it's going to be uncomfortable. And matter of fact, I guarantee it will be both. Mm -hmm. I'm guaranteeing you it will be both. I promise you it will come at some discomfort. Promise. Mm. I promise you that. What I'm saying on the other side is, and just like Nicole Hannah Jones says, like, is it worth it if you don't ride there intact? And I would say it is not. And it's okay. And try little things at a time if you're not ready to take a big jump, right? What do entrepreneurs always say? Like, do step one.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Wear the Yeezys to the function. <laughs> don't turn music, don't turn your music off uh, when white people get in your car when you mm-hmm. go into a site. Right. Like mm-hmm. talk about blackness or black culture in your interview. Mm-hmm. And try those things out mm-hmm. and put them on and wear them and write what you want down. Write it down
3: mm-hmm.
2: and be intentional. And you will be uncomfortable. But like my mama say. It's going to get you on the front end, baby, or it's going to get you on the back end. Mm. And for me, I'd rather have it on the front end because I know truly where I stand. Man.
1: That's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's all, you folks. I mean,
0: man. Sam, <laughs> you got my man Rue over here speechless, which he is never speechless. <laughs> man, like,
1: shoot, she, she's like <laughs> dropping bombs over here, y'all. Like, just no joke. Oh man, um, like, like I, I, and I, I had a question, but I was like, I don't even want to, I don't want to ask it after that. I mean, that was just like the perfect finish right there. <laughs> just like. Uh, you know how you in the olympics and they just like they know they got it so they're just like <laughs> <laughs> the landing, the, the, they stuck the landing that was stuck you stuck the that landing, landing girl <laughs> <laughs> <the landing>.
2: yeah. <laughs> thank you for
1: having me out here man <laughs> this, was, this was this is hot no thank oh yeah no all. thank you for being
0: here thank you for being fire. here levels and Night. uh just educating us giving Oof. us um a lot of <laughs> Uh, value um i mean i'm gonna go back and listen to this and there's pro- there's ton oh, of yeah. tons of uh just gems and nuggets I mean, oh and yeah different things and um like we could probably have another two hours of conversation with you and, and get more um but definitely appreciate you joining us taking the time on saturday um, thank you
1: thank you thank you I know
0: you don't want anybody on your socials. Um, If you want us, we can, (laughs) we can maybe give some information in our show notes about where people can maybe, I don't know, find you. Um,
2: I will say this. I will be okay with reaching me um, at my socials. Um, I have a creative page that just sounds like a lot more. That's, Mm -hmm. that's when I do, open so if you want to follow me at Motor City Pretty Creative on Instagram, that's okay. Okay. Um but mm. if I see you my job I will block that ass. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, FYI me, everybody.
2: Block that ass. <laughs> uh, and uh so if you if you I got I have some uh some coworkers who ghost lurk. Mm. So I just <laughs> let like they ghost lurk, which is fine. Like it's the same thing, but it's just like I'm not about to be engaging on yeah. your content
3: like that right
2: Right. and then obviously if people end up want to send me a dm on linkedin and we can go from there that's fine like it's cool um but i will say like this is who i am this is not like my job or where i work don't pay me like i don't define myself by where i work i define myself about who i am or what i do right and so i encourage you all to do the same
3: mm-hmm.
1: i love it <laughs> oh man but this is good, it. y'all.
3: You're welcome.
1: Yeah, we thank you so much. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I've I've gained so much value from this, just this, this conversation. <laughs> so I mean, I I can't appreciate you enough. So uh thank you again.
2: Okay, like y'all have given me COVID has taken a lot from me. COVID is taking me on differently. Y'all allowed me to be in community with my people. I got to sit with two dope black men who didn't antagonize me or do no dumb shit. Like,
3: We don't do that. <laughs> we don't do
1: that. <laughs> yeah, we don't do that here.
3: We don't. It was <laughs> love. It was
2: community. And uh, COVID has taken that from me. Mm-hmm. we will be back to what I lost.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, everybody, we want to thank y'all for listening. And we want to thank Tammy, Tammy as well for being here with us. Um, y'all, y'all, give her some love and uh, go and check out her page. But until then, y'all, peace.